Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Digital Broker. I'm Ryan Deeds, and this is the podcast where we talk about insurance agency operations, employee engagement, you know, uh, operational maturity, and really trying to make it great for your customers, your employees, and your carriers, and anybody else who surrounds your agency. I'm excited for you guys to listen to us today, and big shout out to Indio. You know, Indio is a supporter of the insurance agency channel, that distribution network, and if you guys don't know who Indio is, you should check them out. They take a bunch of data from your clients, they put it into one space, and make it easy to fill out. It truly is an enhanced customer experience. If you don't know them, check them out, www.useindio.com. Today, I am over the moon, I would say, because I have um, kind of a hero of mine, somebody that I've been following for, for a multitude of years um, on the podcast. And I'm pretty sure anybody who's listened to this podcast knows the guy. It's Ryan Hanley. Ryan, thank you so much for being with me today. Oh, dude, it's it's so good to be here. Uh, I have always enjoyed our conversations. You are one of the real thinkers in the industry, and I mean that in all the positive sense. And uh, I've I've just, I'm, it's great to be here, dude. Thanks, thanks for having me on. So it's been an interesting, I would say, eighteen months for you, twelve months. <laughs> interesting is one way to describe it. There's no doubt about it. Would you say it was full of growth? Yeah, um, I am. I am uh, different in many ways, more mature in many ways, I think. I think I have more control over uh, how I react to situations, both positively and negatively. I think that um, I have learned interesting lessons about myself, about the world, about how things work. Um, and it's all been fuel and, and um, I'd like to believe, uh, you know, it, it, it's been it's been tools that I now have. I've developed, I, I've developed significantly more tools to provide value to our space than I had 24 months ago, I'd say, even though 24 months ago, I, 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 I wouldn't have believed that, you know, if that right. makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, no, um, I, I can see yeah. that. I mean, cause you know, I mean, I, for the listeners that don't know, Ryan helped really orchestrate this conference one of the best conferences that i've ever been to which is this elevate conference um that trusted choice puts on and it was it was it changed the way i looked at conferences and how they should be done for the insurance agency space yeah um and if it's something that you guys can go to they they've really they still have the spirit there you know and they really have, have taken that and driven that forward i think and then ryan you were at uh, I mean, it's kind of cool because you were a trusted choice and you were at an insurtech startup. So you got insight into that world. And then you kind of went out and did did some some private sector stuff and you learned some lessons there. And then you get to bring all of that kind of back and come into the fold, right? Yeah. So so just to for people who, who are interested in any regard, just to give you um, a little bit of context as to you know, when, when Ryan Deeds says, uh, you know, it's been an interesting 18 to 24 months. Um, I was the chief marketing officer for Trusted Choice and Agency Nation. Um, I had a hand in developing the platform Agency Nation, the Elevate Conference. And really, um, it was the team that I was a part of that uh, helped kind of usher in what I would love to believe was the new tone for the industry. Um, we preached 
course corrections, not tear it down and rebuild. Um, we tried to inject enthusiasm and, and really our main goal um, in our heyday uh, when Sydney Rowe was there, who's now the chief marketing officer at, um, the, Atomic, at right? the Atomic, probably the most important technology product uh, project in the history of our industry. We can talk about that if you're interested in. I'm just happy what she's doing. Joey Giangola, who's now with RPS, um, and then the whole rest of the team. There's a couple people that are still there. We just wanted insurance agents and really insurance professionals in general to wake up every day and think what they did was cool. You know, the thing that bothered me so much when I first got in this industry was people would be like, oh, I'm an insurance agent. And I'm like, what? Like, what are you, why are you saying it that way? Like, what do you mean? Like it was, everyone acted like I was meeting extraordinarily hardworking, determined people who were, who were doing thankless work and they were acting like somehow like they shouldn't tell people or they were ashamed to tell people what they did for a living because people quote unquote don't like insurance. And I was like, F that like you, you, you provide a service to our, to the, to the economy, to the, to our society that literally would not allow business. There wouldn't be skyscrapers in Manhattan if insurance didn't exist. Right. And, and I know that everyone listening to this at their core kind of understands that, but I, I would, I I would believe that in some part, the contribution that we were making at that particular time was to um, give people, give insurance professionals a forum in which they could yell that from the top of a mountain and be surrounded by a group of people who wanted to hear that message. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, um, some disagreements and some various aspects of the business uh, led to uh, my essentially being asked to leave that position, uh, which was fine. I mean, that's life. Uh, lesson number one learned there, uh, various things. Um, and I joined Bold Penguin, which was tremendous insure tech startup run by Ilya Bodner. They have an incredible team. They're out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, and, and frankly, I may even still be at Bold Penguin if it wasn't for the fact that um, like 95 plus percent of Bold Penguin's team is in Columbus, Ohio. It really was vital, especially for a position that I had as chief marketing officer of that company to be there. And I just wasn't going to move. My wife owns an insurance agency with her family. Um, and we were not going to leave Albany, New York for Columbus. And that became, that became a hurdle that, uh, you know, we all kind of saw that the writing on the wall and it was a very mutual and amicable split. And I wish nothing for the best for that company because I do think they're doing important work. Um, so more lessons learned there um, in, in varying degrees and just a lot of really good experience in that point because um, that was a true technology company. Um, Trusted Choice, much more of a media property um, and, and Bold Penguin is a technology company through and through um, and, and that was really interesting. And I was uh, at that point, this is probably February, or that, was, uh, that was like December, November, December of um, 20, uh, nine, uh, 2018 going into 2019. And I was approached by um, a guy that I knew in the greater Albany area, which is obviously where I said I'm from, uh, who owns a fitness franchise and or, or six locations that he wanted to franchise. And he basically sat me down and he said, look, like I'm a business guy. I need a, I, or I'm a, I'm a gym guy. I need a business guy to help me take this thing nationwide. Like that's what I want to do. And 
I, I, I debated it for a long time. I mean, I've, before that I had been in the insurance industry for 15 years. I mean, there's CEOs of insurance carriers that I can literally call on their cell phone and have conversations with them. I, I knew the players, I knew the space, I knew how things worked. I knew who I needed to talk to, to get things done. Um, I, I had a, I had a reputation, um, positive in some circles, maybe not so positive in others, but that's life. Right. Um, but I knew my place in it and, and I knew how to help people. And when this opportunity was presented to me, I, it was tough. Um, I've always, I've always wanted to lead a team. I, I feel like, um, uh, my, my contribution is often less the particular skills that I have in doing a thing and more in my ability to get the most out of the people who have the skills. Um, if that, if that makes sense, I, mm-hmm. I, my, my skills have a, have a ceiling, but I do believe uh, I have the ability to take people whose skills could be way, way more and, and help them get to that point. You're an inspirer. I mean, that's what you kind of do, right? They are yeah. Smart. Yeah. So, so, so knowing that, um, and, uh, you know, and, th- and that's, that's part of the reason that trusted choice didn't work for me was just, I was evolving out of being a doer into being a leader and there just wasn't a place for me there in that role. So, uh, so this opportunity to take on a, a small tactical team, 10 people who I spent some time with, got to know, they were very talented. And I said, wow, like uh, this, this fitness program is, is, is very, it's a very good program. It, it really does help people, especially people. Um, it, it has the ability to, to um, provide the physical strength, particularly to people who are in the second half of their life, uh, 45, 55, 65 years old, um, strength and building muscle around, around your bones and, 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 and keeping that strong structure is very important to your health as you age. And this program had the ability to do that, also to provide a kick-ass workout for, for younger people who are interested in that. So it was really dynamic and interesting. And I said, this is a new challenge. It's in my hometown. I don't have to get on airplanes every week like I'm doing right now. Um, because that's a family because you have a family. I mean, right. And and so ultimately family is going to trump everything. Yeah. So, uh, I just, it was, it was this, I sat down with my wife and we had some very long talks and I basically said like, this feels like the muse has jumped down on my shoulder and said that this is something you should try. Um, and I tend to, I tend to listen to the muse when I feel like she's talking to me. So, I, I, I said, yes, I took on that challenge and it was weird. Leaving the industry was super weird, man. It was super, super weird. It, it, I, and I never fully let it go. I always stayed in touch with people. I kept watching what was going on, uh, listening to people. If anything, I had more time to just kind of be a voyeur, um, Mm -hmm. from the outside, instead of always being part of the conversation, I had a chance to just listen, um, just watch, um, see who stepped up who, who, who wanted to be a voice. It was really, really interesting. Um, watched certain things fall apart, other things rebuild as, as, is, as is natural. And it was, it was a really interesting time. Unfortunately, um, the founder of that company uh, about after nine months decided that he didn't just want to be a gym guy. He also wanted to be a business guy and, um, he wanted to be the CEO and he like walked into office at eight 30 in the morning on a Monday and, six minutes later, walked out with my hat in my hand. And uh, so that was a very interesting lesson as well for me in many regards. But what it did was it was the punch in the gut 
I think that I finally needed to step out and do what I've always wanted to do was form my own company. Um, so there's no enterprising body that can step in and tell me who I have to work with, who I can't work with, what I can and can't say, and how um, I deliver the value that I've always wanted to deliver to the industry, right? And that's that freedom if I'm being completely honest with you, I live in a constant state of scared as hell and excited out of my mind um, because it doesn't necessarily have full shape. I have, I have some clients, uh, which is great. Um, I'm hoping to have a couple more here soon. Um, and I have a, a, few, a few products, um, not like technology products, more like uh, workshop products that uh, um, uh, batch events, small batch event type stuff, uh, trainings that, that, that I've been working on pretty hard uh, to, to deliver to the marketplace that I think can add some real value for the people that um, want more. Uh, and that's what I've always wanted to do is I've never enjoyed convincing people. I, feel I do enjoy helping throw gasoline on a fire that someone has lit themselves. Uh, that, that, that's, that's the work I like to do. So that's kind of what Hanley Media is all about is, uh, it, it's just helping probably insurance agents, carriers, and maybe a couple of technology companies. We'll see. Um, well, you're getting, I mean, it's, I've, I think I've been very, imp I mean, you, you started the, the vlog and I mean, you got that guy Q, right. Who's just yeah. a social media like star. And then you had the uh, Sydney Morgan, the, the, another speaker that I follow pretty heavily on Blake there. Morgan. Yeah. Blake Morgan. Yeah. And I was like, dude, what the hell? You know I mean? He just, it just must be your aesthetic. You just, they flock to you. You know, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, those I, are, those are like heavy hitters, man. I'm just a I persistent mean? bastard. Well, <laughs> I, I will say in another life, you know, a lot of people probably didn't know. I, I was introduced to the vast majority of the people who are connected with me today through agency nation, but I had a whole nother life before that. Um, before Agency Nation, when I was still working at the Murray Group, uh, and, and I, I don't mean this, um, this is going to sound like I'm bragging, I don't mean it to be. Uh, I was on the way and playing in some of the top level content marketing circles in the entire world. I mean, I spoke at Content Marketing World, I spoke at Social Media Marketing uh, World, um, which is a 5,000 person social media conference in, in San Diego. Um, I was featured on all the top web uh, websites, social media, you know, Examiner, and, and all these different things, and uh, Business Insider, and I had a podcast that was doing more than forty thousand downloads a month called Content Warfare. So I had this life before I took all that energy. Well, part of it was Trusted Choice forced me to shut it down, but um, I had this whole life, and it was all about content marketing in a broad sense. And then I took everything that I had learned and I shoved it into the insurance world, Agency Nation. And I really think it was the mashup of those two things is where I found um, where I found what I was meant to do, right? Like, I love broad spectrum content marketing tactics. I love all that. I think it's amazing. Um, I love working with a diverse group of clients. I actually uh, have a financial advisor client now and, uh, and a lawyer who's, who's a client of mine, uh, a legal office, um, which it's really interesting to 
to learn um, these different industries and then pull them back into insurance. Which- right. I think it helps, right? I mean, you see like the legal tech stuff that's coming up, the FinTech stuff that's coming up, insure tech. And I mean, and so I think that's one of the, the key things for me. Like for me, adversity, without adversity, you don't get growth, right? Yeah. Adversity is, it's been a very, uh, 2019 for me has been a year full of interesting challenges and changes on the personal and the professional side. And I, I can recognize the challenges that I've faced. I can also understand how much growth opportunity that's provided from an internal like standpoint. I mean, and so it's one of those things you take your licks, you freaking get back up, you try to turn those, those lessons around and bring it back. And so as you've looked at the, the time that you've been able to step back, you've been able to see it, you know, give me three or four things that, that you, you've seen either out in the space, you're seeing the agencies not do, you're seeing things that they are doing that rock. As you're coming back in, I know you're strategizing on all this, mm-hmm. you're trying to package it up for them to make sure that they can understand that. What, what do those things look like to you? Yeah, uh, these things will not be in a specific order. Um, sure. The first one is, uh, I think the things that um, I, I actually just interviewed him for my podcast. So you can go listen. Everyone can go listen to that if they're interested in. But uh, the things that Nick Ayers is teaching at his Made You Look video marketing course, from a pure tactical standpoint, just I, this is just how you do copywriting, craft an offer, and create content to deliver that offer into the marketplace, specifically from an advertising con- context. I don't know of anyone that's doing it any better. And, and, and I'll tell you, everyone who's invested the time in his course and actually gone through the work is growing their business. I mean, Chris Green has taken his flood insurance business to a national level just by you know basically buying into the things that Nick is doing. And I, I have no interest in Nick's course. I, I'm sure. not, other than I just think it's helping people. And when he first started the course, it was really just the tactics of doing video advertising and it wasn't working for him. And what he had to do was drop back into more human behavior. Why were, he had to get into the human behavior of why the people who were paying for his course, which isn't an an insignificant amount of money, um, weren't actually doing the things he wanted them to do. And then ultimately, why was he not getting the, the full results that he wanted out of the back end over and over again. And what it came down to was the psychology around human behavior and the offer, the actual offer, the words you're using to present your insurance product to the world, whatever that product is. And it's that part of the course, not so much the video or the tactical, here's how you set up YouTube ads, which is all valuable stuff. But that piece to me, when I look at like our fitness business, that was the whole deal. People do not show, gyms are gyms are gyms. It doesn't matter how amazing your workout is and every work, one's workout is the best workout in the history of the world and it has all this science behind it and blah, 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 blah. So what you have to get to is what is the thing that Sally Jones, the 37-year-old mom of two who you know has an office job, what is the, what is the visual and text components, what is the language and the imagery that she needs to see to to trigger something in her that she shows up at the gym and takes our class? Because once the product, because the product is good enough that once she takes one class, she's going to sign up. And the same exact thing is true for insurance. If you are a solid independent insurance agent or, or just provider of insurance in any method. Let's not just pigeonhole it to independence, even though they're my favorite by far. I'm completely biased for that. Me too. Um, uh, if, if you're in business today 
and, and, you, and, and you know in your heart that you have a good product, that you answer the phone, that you care about people, that you try very hard to convince people as best you can to, to choose the right coverage and to do the right thing and you're, you're writing umbrella policies and all that kind of good stuff, right? You're doing the, the real work. Then you know once somebody gets into your ecosystem, there's a very good chance that they're going to purchase from you. And they're going to stay with you because you do a good job. That's, that's really what defines an independent agent is they, mm-hmm. they consistently have a higher conversion rate and a, and a longer retention rate. We, they just are terrible at marketing and advertising. Well, so, scale. They suck at scale. It's scale. Yes. That's it's, a very good it's, it's scale. That's a good way of putting it. So um, when I think about what I saw in the fitness space, how, how, how contextual we had to be with the marketing to drive people into the business. And then I look at something like what Nick's doing and I see the success of the people who are buying in. I don't mean buying in like paying money. I mean, buying in emotionally to doing the work of crafting these offers and thinking about what their insurance offer means to a particular person and the success that those specific individuals are having. Not just the people that pay the money, set up the ads and don't put in the work but the people that are really spending time on crafting an offer that matches contextually the type of people that they want to do business with. That to me is what we have to do. There's too much noise in the markets in the marketplace. And if you're not spending that extra minute to think contextually about your offer and about the visuals and about how you present it, then you're, you're just, it's just more noise. It's just more noise. So, so for me, the product within or the, the, the problem that independent insurance agents face is far less the product and it's so much more who is matching the product to who, who needs it. Yeah, it's, um, the, it's the fact that we don't take, I mean, cause when I, when you say that, what I hear is operationally, that means an insurance agency needs to define its target clients that it's great at, right? What niches is it going to be significantly able to, to create impact in? then leverage the tool, you know, define what the value is to those clients, then be able to leverage the tool that what, what's it called? Watch your video. What, what's the actual? Uh, it's uh, made you look video marketing is, is his particular course. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you, then you could leverage something like that to be able to get that communicated effectively down to those segments in, in the right ways. I mean, yes. and so there's operational issues that agencies are not great at because there's sales discipline there, right? That means that they have to turn down risk occasionally. Yeah. So that doesn't fit our target. And so that's where, like you said, I mean, I'm always, it's process over product. The product doesn't really matter if your process sucks, you're you're just going to churn product over and over. Yeah. The reason I think that so many agents turn uh, uh, default to to being a generalist is because they haven't put in the the time to define what their product means to the people that they want to do business with. Not just that the people they want to do business with needs it. There's a nuance here. And I, and I hope that if you're listening to this and you're buying in in any regard, you'll, you'll hear the nuance and the difference. It's not that they need your product. It's what does your product mean to them? If you're dealing with a, with a middle manager who's, in, who's really just a, you know, a glorified procurement agent, how do you make that person look like a rock star for using you? If it's, if it's a single father, how do you make him feel like he's doing everything he can to protect his family and his children in case something bad happens? If it's, you know what I mean? Like the list goes on and on, but it's, it's how do we make these people feel about their decision to work with you? Not just that they need the product. Obviously they need the product. And that nuance 
you know, going that extra step, spending a little bit of time working with a, with a mentor or a consultant or someone who can help you make that leap is the defining difference between the agencies that are rapidly growing today and the agencies that are struggling to grow, right? That is the defining difference. And some people find it by accident. You have to do this thing, whether intentional or not. And the agencies that are growing are doing it. What I'm saying is, if it's not happening for you, there is an intentional way of getting there. And that focus, to me, I, I saw it firsthand because it is hardcore. It is, it is hand-to-hand combat in the fitness industry. You think insurance advertising is tough? Just because you, have, you can take pictures of sexy people sweating in, in, in fitness and put those out there, that does not make it easier because everybody can do that. So you have to be even more nuanced and more contextual in that space. So you take it back to insurance where there's far less competition. Most people are doing it so poorly that the opportunity is ripe for those who want to spend a few minutes. So that's, that's a really big one for me. Um, and just let's sum that up real quick. So what we're really talking about is insurance agencies. If, if you can make sure that you understand what it means to your client base then and then you can use tools to disseminate that meaning effectively to those to me that talks about operational yeah i mean you're doing some work uh, your yeah. teams come together you've identified who your clients are and what target clients are uh, identified what that not just the value prop but how does it actually affect the life and then how do you articulate that effectively yeah. and if you're not doing that why aren't you doing that is it hard it's not something that is not a cost that sitting around the table with a group of people in your agency having those discussions costs you nothing. It costs you a lot if you don't do it long term. And I think you're right about that completely. Yeah, yeah. And so, so, so that's and one. What what else you got? You you asked for three. I want to give you one okay. very very quick. It's one minute. Um, and it is start systematizing your business. I I actually was talking to Billy Williams the other day, who was like the master guru of systematizing insurance businesses. I also spent time with uh, another one of my mentors, who's literally one of my favorite people in the world, Emily Hewling. She literally said the same thing to me. These are two of the most successful systematizers in our business. What I mean by that is they look at business and they find ways to make it repeatable. And uh, this finding repeatable processes that, that aren't just repeatable for ease, but are repeatable for ease and added value to your customers, um, that is, that's the holy grail. I think we need to spend more time as agencies working on that. Uh, and I would connect, follow, and listen to everything Billy Williams says if you're interested in that. So, um, and his is fixmyagency.com, right? I think that's his. Inspire a Nation, I think, is the name okay. of the website. The workshop that he does is called Fix My Agency or Fix Your Agency, something like that. But right. it's, it's tremendous, tremendous yeah, stuff. And, so, and I mean, I yeah. think from my perspective, that's all scale. You know, yeah. when you think about replicatable process, that is scale. That's everybody is doing things similarly so we can uh, have, have better efficiencies, have a better understanding. In independence, we just are bad at that. You know, we're bad at having those processes done. And scale right. doesn't have to mean a loss of humanity. You know what I mean? Like that's, oh. I think that's the, that's the pushback I always get is like when people hear scale, I think they think Google and Facebook and Amazon and all these things that are faceless robot entities, that's scaling and systematizing your business it is it's mutually it's not mutually exclusive from having from being human beings right those two things can be mashed up and really that's where the opportunity lies when you can find those those 
highly optimized, effective places to drop your people in where, where instead of, yeah, I'm just going to process this car change and write you a quick three, three word email to tell you it's done, but maybe you're still doing the car changes uh, manually, but then the video is the automation or whatever. I mean, my, my point is, um, no, I, I think you're dead on. I think it's mixing the two. All right, brother. You got any last words for our listeners today? Where can they find you? What do you, uh, you know, how, how do they get in touch with Ryan to get some, some of that love to get some understanding? Ryanhanley.com is where you can find me. Um, doing a lot of speaking workshops and, and all the stuff that we talked about today, uh, helping organizations implement these things and in particularly implement them in ways to grow their sales and marketing functions. That's what Hanley Media is all about. So, hey, much love to you, brother. So, yeah. so appreciative. Listeners, man, if you guys want to get a hold of Ryan, you can always find that dude on LinkedIn. Good guy to know. Yep. Uh, good guy to have in your corner. Appreciate the listen. If you guys uh, check out Indio, big thanks to them, www.useindio.com. Ryan, again, thanks a lot, brother. You're the man, dude. Thank you. All right. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and E&O free, saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast.